Hello and welcome to The Case Files. I'm Kate Jabot. This is the podcast series where I bring you the true life stories behind some of the UK's most fascinating legal cases, all told with unparalleled access to the people and lawyers closest to events. We're going to be bringing you some more episodes soon featuring people caught up in serious situations. But for the moment, the coronavirus epidemic has had a huge impact on people in the UK and Slater and Gordon wanted to respond by offering some legal advice and support in this difficult time. In this episode, you'll hear advice about employment rights when it comes to self-isolating, working from home, sick pay, unpaid leave, help for the self-employed and what happens if you're made redundant. There's lots of advice on the Slater and Gordon website to look at as well. But before you go searching, let's hear from Danielle Parsons. She's an employment lawyer with Slater and Gordon. She started by telling me about the government's recommendation that we should all work at home if we can. The current guidance from the government is to work from home if you can because it's so important to avoid crowds, close contact and unnecessary travel to prevent the spread of the virus and I think we all have a very serious moral obligation to avoid spreading the virus. If your job allows it then it's really important that you should do so. This is what the government is saying but this is guidance only so they haven't actually passed a law saying that this has to happen at the moment. So this doesn't really give you an absolute right to work from home But if you're an employee, your employer has a duty to protect you as a member of their staff and provide a safe environment for you to work in. If you're really afraid to be at work and physically present in the office, then they should really be offering you flexible working or perhaps the chance to take holiday or even unpaid leave because we are in a national emergency at the moment. You say that unpaid leave is a possibility, but what if the bosses are saying they can't pay you at all and they're actually that's the only option? Well, I think if that's the only option, I think you need to, to, to query that. I mean, sometimes employers can ask employees to take a pay cut to support the business in times of economic difficulty or poor business performance. But a pay cut should never be forced on you by your employer and you have to accept it in order for it to be lawful. So if this arises, I think your employer needs to inform you properly about the situation and the business reasons for this and then consult with you, discuss it further with you and get your agreement to this. What about if you're going to be working from home, but your employer's position is that it's impossible to do that and have your children at home be distracted by looking after them as well? The government guidance is that employees and employers should really be working together because this is a national emergency. And I think employers really need to do all they can to try and support home working and with the expectation that a lot of people will have their children in the background. Now, employees have the right to request reasonable time off to care for dependents in emergencies, and this would normally cover situations where your childcare arrangements are disrupted. Can they make you take holiday? Employers do have the ability to request that employees use some or all of their annual leave, and they might do so in in circumstances like this if businesses, for example, need to temporarily close their doors and they're completely unable to operate homeworking. Um, an employer needs to give you twice the amount of notice as the length of time of leave to be taken. So, for example, uh, they would need to give you uh, two days notice 
if they instructed you to take a day off. What about data security um, with my documents and GDPR? Well, that's, that's an interesting issue and that's going to affect a lot of people that are suddenly working from home at short notice. But the National Cyber Security Centre has released some guidance on how to be prepared for home working following the coronavirus situation. And they've set out general recommendations for employers, such as ensuring that employees have devices encrypting data while at rest and that staff know how to report any problems. They also recommend reducing the likelihood of infection with removable media by using antivirus tools, only allowing products supplied by the organisation, disabling removable media using mobile device management settings and so on. They've also included warnings against email scams linked to the coronavirus, as phishing emails can sometimes include links to websites which can download malware onto your computer and steal your passwords and so on. So I think this is a live issue and I think employees need to be alert to any emails that their employer sends them with particular guidance around this whole area. What's the situation with somebody um, if they can't actually work from home that that the the type of work they're involved in means that they, they can't just do it at home I think there's going to be quite a lot of people affected by this Kate particularly obviously the key workers and anyone who's on the list people that are involved in the NHS people that are involved in the food supply chain and so on I mean if you're not able to to work from home and assuming you don't fall into this category, then I think consideration needs to be given to what type of role and work that you're doing, um, as well as what your contract says. I mean, a lot of employment contracts aren't going to provide for this type of scenario. So the government guidance has really emphasised that employees and employers work together to try and find a solution and find a way forward. Speaking very cynically, um, this might be an opportunity uh, for some employers to uh, make people redundant that they kind of wanted to do and they might go for it at this particular moment. What are the kind of warning signs that an employee should have that they have rights and that there's something uh, being done here that could be potentially against employment law? I really, really hope that employers don't do that. And I really can't emphasise that enough. We're in a time of national emergency. It is a complete crisis. I think businesses really need to be supporting and helping their workforce. Redundancies, in my view, should always, always be a last resort. It could be the case that there are situations where redundancies are inevitable no matter what anybody does. I mean in a redundancy situation your employer needs to inform you about the reasons for the alleged redundancy of your role, they need to talk to you about it, explain the reasons why your role is at risk of redundancy and consult with you and try and find ways to avoid the redundancy of your role. My suggestion is that you get legal advice immediately if there's any risk of redundancy. If you're if you're an employee with two complete continuous years of service or more, then it could be that you will have a potential claim for unfair dismissal. And a redundancy situation can sometimes give rise to other types of claims, like, for example, age discrimination, where it seems that Older, older, generally more expensive employees are being particularly singled out and targeted. And that's a situation that I do see all the time. Another uh, employee who can be targeted in this way are pregnant women or 
women returning to work after having a, a child and so on. Can they make you take unpaid leave, the employers? That really depends on what your contract says. An employer really shouldn't be making you take unpaid leave, but it could be that, that they're, they're suggesting that to you to, 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 to try and avoid a redundancy situation. I mean, there's very little law around un, unpaid leave, including whether or not employees are entitled to, to use annual leave or whether employers can maybe force it on staff members. I mean, the right to unpaid leave should normally be outlined in an employment contract or a staff handbook. Yeah. And in terms of uh, sick pay, when is someone entitled to that and and for how long? If you've been self-isolating and you qualify for statutory sick pay, then you should receive this from the first day that you're ill up to 28 weeks. To qualify for statutory sick pay, you must earn at least £118 a week. Usually you can't qualify for statutory sick pay unless you're ill and unable to work, but the government has introduced new legislation, which means that if you're an employee or a worker and you're unable to work due to self-isolation, you can make a claim in that situation. It could be also that your contract of employment provides more favourable um, pay for you in the circumstances and that can sometimes be particularly true for maybe management or particularly senior employees as well so what I suggest is check your contract of employment to see what that says about any sick pay any company sick pay that you might be entitled to as well if your employer refuses to pay you sick pay where you're eligible for it, then I'd suggest that you seek legal advice immediately and without delay. But a lot of the time, people don't realise that where something happens that might give rise to a potential employment tribunal claim, you've got three months less one day of the date of the thing that you're complaining about to get on and do something about it. And I think one of the real issues that we're seeing at the moment is that statutory sick pay is so, so low as well. How much is statutory sick pay at the moment? Well, Kate, it's currently £94.25p per week, which is really, really low. So even if you do the maths on that, that works out like for a seven-day week. It means that you have to uh, try and survive on an amount of just over £13 a day. So I think the unions have been doing some really effective campaigning around this. And I expect in the coming days that the government will roll out further reforms around statutory sick pay. Is there any circumstances at the moment with the kind of these extraordinary situations in which people will be trying to continue to work um, Are there any circumstances under which an employer might be legally allowed to dock your pay? Or you may have to change the the working role that you have because you're working from home and you can't do the same things as you did before? Well, I think there's going to be a real limit to the situations in which an, uh, an employer can reduce your pay. I mean, sometimes an employer can ask you to take a pay cut for a particular reason I'd suggest if this happens to you, ask for information about why this is being suggested and make sure that your employer is informing you about the reasons for this and consulting with you properly. But you need to accept any pay cut in order for it to be lawful. And it could be that you actually need to take legal advice about this situation, particularly if you don't agree. Now, depending on the circumstances, it could be that you decide, actually, I can see that the business is struggling 
and I, I'm willing to agree this in the exceptional circumstances. What if a company hasn't actually implemented working from home? What are your rights? Well, I think if the company isn't following government guidance, then I think you should take think about taking legal advice because that's potentially very serious. The, cover, the current government advice is for everyone to try and stop unnecessary contact with other people. And we should all be practicing social distancing because this is so important and it's absolutely necessary to stop the spread of the virus. So people should really be working from home where possible. They should be avoiding busy commuting times on public transport. They should be avoiding gatherings of people, whether in public, at work or at home. And employers really do have an obligation to support their workforce to take these steps. Indeed. And if you're in a situation where you're self-employed, um, what kind of rights do you have there? Are you entitled to government support? Well, I think the government has been accused of leaving behind the self-employed at the moment. Um, if you're self-employed, then obviously you're not an employee, so the position is different. You're not going to qualify for statutory sick pay. If you have to take time off work and you're unable to work, then you could be entitled to other benefits such as universal credit or employment and support allowance, which is sometimes called ESA for short. And this can also apply as well to people who are earning below £118 a week. But again, you know, the, 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 the numbers involved here, these are very small amounts. And the government has been accused of not doing enough to help people that are self-employed. Mm. Let's talk about some of the potential um, incentives. Um, what would it look like for employees if income tax or national insurance were frozen? Well, I think that would be helpful, but I mean, that's only useful to people who remain in employment during the current crisis. So, that, that, I mean, in that case, it would be very helpful because you'd actually be earning a lot more of your usual monthly paycheck than you otherwise would be. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure that it would be right to, to, to categorise this as some sudden windfall, because I think that we're all having to brace for what will undoubtedly be very tough financial economic times to, to, to come. But I think that might be a step in the right direction. And presumably it would do something to protect ordinary workers and small businesses in some way. I think this would be very helpful because I think both sides need all the help they can get at the moment. People are so panicked and people are so worried about their financial uh, position and what's to come in the future. I mean, these are really unsettled and emergency economic times. And I think that absolutely everything and anything that can be done should be done. And I think the government has said that help is available to everyone who, who needs it and they'll do whatever it takes to help. What about the bailout measures that have come in? Can you just talk, talk us through them and why they matter? So sick pay from day one instead of day four, for example. I think it's helpful for workers to have sick pay from day one instead of day four, because why wait around those extra three days? If you're sick, you're sick. And I think that you should get paid for any period of illness right away. And certainly statutory sick pay here in this country is already so low. I mean, if you're a worker in France normally, then you can get 50 to 100% of your income being replaced. So, I mean, the current sick pay 
rules that we have in this country are by no means generous. And I think that the government's actually missed a chance already to maybe look to more widely reform these. I think that sometimes in our modern workplaces, we have a, a real culture of presenteeism. And if somebody turns up to work when they're not well, they're sort of slapped on the back and they're congratulated and said... Not anymore, I don't think. I think that culture's <laughs> going to change, isn't it? I think, I, I think it absolutely is going to change. And I think that this will absolutely no longer be tolerated. And I think that that's absolutely right because people shouldn't be you know, congratulated for a spreading illness. And I think mm. this is something that was particularly came into its own in the States during the swine flu epidemic and so on. But I mean, I, th I think at just £94.25 a week, sick pay in the UK is a national disgrace. And, you know, just before this budget, there were around 2 million UK workers who just don't qualify, didn't qualify for statutory sick pay at all. What other measures would you like to see, Danielle? Well, I think what needs to happen is to extend the scope of statutory sick pay entitlement. I think that this should include all workers who self-isolate in accordance with public health guidance, including perhaps zero-hour contractors, as well, I think that we should look at removing the earnings threshold for qualifying for statutory sick pay, because why is it that you have to earn a certain amount to qualify for statutory sick pay? And perhaps look at putting in place measures to ensure that all those who are following the, the, the government and the public health guidance and are isolating are not penalised for doing so in terms of their pay, because I think that that's so important to stop the spread of the virus. To what extent do you think that this whole experience of the pandemic, when we come out the other side, we will see major changes in the way and the laws governing the way people work? Business is never going to be the same again. I think there's going to be a huge amount of change. I think people will feel differently about how they see work, what impact work has on their lives. And, and so on. And I think that what we're going to see is maybe different rules around sick pay, sickness absence, and so on. I think this is an area that's ripe for all kinds of reform. And I think that we're going to see that. And also, I think we're going to see a huge, huge shift overnight in terms of the attitude towards flexible working, remote working, and so on. I think that there's been this really unfortunate reputation that if you want to work from home or work remotely, that actually you're not really pulling your weight. If you don't have your face in the office, then you know, you're not really working and so on. And I think that what this might actually end up showing is that workers who don't have to commute perhaps two or more hours each way to work are actually probably more productive and they've got more time and energy to devote to actually doing the job because they've saved a huge amount of travel time. And just finally, um, how are you working at the moment? <laughs> I'm, I'm working as best I can. Fortunately, the job that I have lends itself to be done remotely quite well. So I'm very well set up. I've got my computer, I've got my phone, I've got a headset, I've got ear defenders for when my husband is being annoying and making me <laughs> elsewhere in the house. <laughs> so those, those are really coming, coming really useful. Danielle Parsons, really good to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. 
If you want to know more, go to slatergordon.co.uk where there's lots more information. There's also another podcast looking at how consumer rights are affected by COVID-19. You can also head over to our social media channels, search hashtag casefilespod and join the conversation. And if you want a break from coronavirus, have a listen to our other Case File podcasts, which feature some true life stories of ordinary people who find themselves in some extraordinary situations. I'm Kate Chabot. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>